You're listening to the Prime Culture Podcast, the young adult culture of abundant living faith setting with Cruz Ramirez and Mark McGaff. My people, Prime people, welcome back to another edition of the Prime Culture Podcast, Season 3, Episode 4. Hopefully that means you're coming back for a whole lot more. We're sitting here with Pastor Cruz Ramirez Jr., the people's champ. Oh, in the building. The champ is in the, the building. The champ is here, but for the very first time. What took you so long? <laughs> Pastor Felipe. Oh, my gosh. How we should have it? done this like for off jump. Season one. How, how is it that you're just barely on right now, bro? I think this is a bucket list moment for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is all I wanted. This is everything I've wanted. All I've ever wanted. You've made yeah. it. You have you've made it. You're welcome. If my mom could understand English, she would be listening to this right now. <laughs> All of our wildest dreams are coming true on episode four. I can't even believe it. The three of us in one room, three I microphones. I can't believe too it. many chairs, and we're about to get into it. We are talking about more fight left. That's listen. Right. I I think it's been um I think it's been a, a great season. I think it's been a strong season. I wish we could meet more, but I just. I really hope I really hope that this has resonated with you guys as you've been listening that there's more fight left. Right. There's more fight left in you through you for you. There's more fight left around you. And there's more fight left through your worship. And that's what we want to talk about right. a little bit today. Um, this is why our worship pastor is on the podcast today. It's a lot of pressure, by the nah, way. Nah, no pressure, man. No pressure, no pressure. Tell this us is everything this is just a, to know this is a conversation amongst friends. <laughs> yeah, tell us tell us everything that's going to revolutionize our worship. You know, <laughs> but no, man. I think I think something that uh that as we've talked about it that um I just we just need the culture to understand. It took me a bit. I, like honestly, I still don't really understand worship. Like if I said, hey, tell me worship right now. In one line, what is it to you? Right. Right? Like, you've got all the cliches, right? Like, so, like, worship is a lifestyle. lifestyle. You know, worship is a posture. You know what I'm saying? Like, you'd be like, what? what does that mean? <laughs> what does that try even defining, mean, Try dude? defining worship in, in, in a non-spiritual way. Go. Like, oh, without, without churchy words. Go. Oh, shoot. I was just thinking about that last night before. Like, I was, what, what am I going to say? Okay, so you? what's the churchiest thing you, like, you can say? Not necessarily, not even just about worship, but just, like, the churchiest thing that you've heard. Like, I've heard the mantle, like, so mantle you wear. Oh, my God. The oil. It's the oil. I say that all the time, dude. I say say that all the time. I'm like, ooh, that song's got oil on it. (laughs) It's like, wait, what? Is it greasy? Is it it good oil or bad oil? (laughs) Be careful. You do. You still do say that. I say oil a lot. lot. Who who was uh, Lauren, one of our worship leaders? I said, man, hey, this set has oil. She goes, PC, it's the drip. Right? And I was like, hey, wow. I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm with it. Watch it's, out. She was the there trip. right there with you. Dude. Big shout out to Lauren for being El there Boogie. for Pastor right. Cruz. Oh, she was with me. Yeah, she was right people there. like that, man. She was right there. Come on, give me give me some more, give me some more like Christianese. Maybe, oh, maybe 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 there's people who are like part of the culture right now who like haven't been rocking with church as long as we have because we're church rats. Yeah. Okay. Every voice you hear on the podcast today is a church rat. Pastor Mark, you're a pastor's kid. That's the rumor, yes. That's the that's I've that's that your parents are pastors. Could be, um, yeah. So are you a second generation pastor? Yes. Okay. You're a first generation pastor, first but your parents your parents rock church and you grew up literally My at this church. Actually has a degree to be a vet. A veterinarian. I didn't know that. Right. But I've been I've been twelve years. You could say twelve years planted in this church. Oh, so you graduated. That's like you finished high you finished like church high school. Yeah. I did I did some church in in Mexico. For like three years, 
But I really wow. didn't meet Jesus until I came to the U.S. <laughs> yeah, it was man, English so, what got wow. me. No, dude, so, I'm, so my grandparents were pastors and my parents were pastors, right? And so here I am. So I think, I think there's a lot of things that just come that are just assumptions we make, right? Because you just understand the narrative and you've been immersed in it, right? Um, stuff like, okay, I'm, I'm, okay, well, you guys are welcome. We're just going to play a, a, a round, a lightning round of church cliche bingo or just cl- church cliches. Ready? I'm going to start off. I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Oh, I'm too blessed to be stressed. I can do all things. Weeping only endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. No, you guys are pulling some stuff I can't handle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm come a young 12-year-old. Come on, bro. We got to go. We gotta go. Oh, come on. I was hoping we'd do at least three rounds. Oh, I can't handle At least three rounds. At least. Oh, I'm too blessed to be stressed. Come, that's a good one right there. I'm too anointed to be disappointed. Oh, oh come on. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Hey, some of y'all are writing this down and like, I'm going to see it on your tweets yeah. and on your Instagram stories. Hey, we better get tagged on it. No, you know, guys, but, but the reason, the reason I think it's, it's, uh, I mean, I mean, we're, we're having fun and it's, and it's funny, right? But I think sometimes what happens is if we're not careful, we'll latch on to certain things that just become tradition, right? Or certain things that we just become familiar with and they just become catchphrases and they just become right, right. Uh, things that just, oh, okay, that's what I do on Sunday morning for 20 minutes, right? And something that is rooted in a really powerful truth or a really powerful revelation or a really powerful principle, we make it um, of no effect. Jesus said it this way, that the traditions of man make the word of God of no effect, right? And so you'll take words that, that the Lord created and crafted and curated for, for believers to live their lives in, in a pursuit or, in a, or here's another church word, manifestation, right? Like, wow, <laughs> right? Fellowship, that's another word. That's, you don't yeah. hear fellowship anywhere. Like, hey, mom, hey, hey, where are you going out? Mom, I'm just going to go fellowship with my friends. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> hey, someone listening better bring it back. <laughs> bring it all the way back. Start fellowshipping with you know somebody. What <laughs> uh, but but I, th- I think what happens is because we just take it for granted or we just um, become so familiar that it really loses its impact. And, and, and because we, we live if, and I'm not talking about you guys, but I'll just give you my story because I live off of other people's experiences with it Mm -hmm. or other people's encounters with it or other people's revelation of it. I never, I never personally understand it because I'm just living off of the leftovers of someone else's experience. Right. right? Um, and so for, for us at, at prime, man, it's really important that, um, the culture understands worship. Right. Like, I mean, that's part of our DNA that we have passionate, passionate worship that in our times of worship um, and watch. I even I even you'll understand what I mean in a few minutes, but I even just like added or perpetuated the cliche in our times of worship as if there is a time where a child of God isn't worshiping God. You know, um, we can unpack that. Oh, 100 percent. Right. But like what we're going to do is we're going to take time in, in the month of October to really address what worship is for you guys. And, you know, let's start. Let's start off. Like, let me just challenge us right now. Let's start off with what worship isn't. Can we do that? Oh, yeah. Can we talk about what worship is not? Yeah, I'll go first. Worship is not a playlist. Right. Worship isn't a only a certain kind of worship leader Mm. or it also isn't just 20 minutes well let's say like this worship doesn't have a time limit Mm. um i I don't think that worship is a style 
and that would probably get pushed back depending on what conversation no. you have. With Wait, people. hold on. Okay, can we unpack that for a quick second? Yeah, yeah, yeah go ahead. Talk to us about what that means. Worship is not a style. Hello. Yeah, I think that, well, you grow up in church, usually you um, attach worship to whatever you're hearing the band play on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night. And so if you go to a church that only plays Hillsong, well, that's what worship is. Wow. That's, it has to sound like that. Or if you grow up in another church, it's only going to sound like Maverick City, or it's only going to—that's what worship sounds like. And so it's—it's not—it's not a sound. It's not a genre, really. Um, and I—and I think that it's important for us to leave space for people to uh, to explore different sounds because wow. like, they're connected with different hearts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I think that you know some of my my favorite uh, worship songs are would never be played. At a church service, does it make them bad? No. Does it make the church bad? Absolutely not. But it's just it's stylistic. But that doesn't mean it's not worship. And so I think that it, uh, yeah, it's not a style. Definitely can't be a style. Wow. So if it's not a style, here let's let's just chase that rabbit for a little bit. If it's not a style, then it may or may not. Would you would you say that it's not a preference? I want to I want to encourage myself to you know, no matter where I'm at, I want to be able to rock with you. And so mm. it's like, hey, if, if you get down like that, I want to get down like that because it can't be about me. Mm. As long as we're right. lifting up, Scripture says that if we would lift up Jesus, he would draw all people unto him, right? And so worship needs to be about that, lifting Jesus in so some good. way, not making it about me because the moment worship becomes about me, then you're not worshiping anymore. And then, you, then you're just singing songs. We can all we can all sing songs, go, you know, throw on a karaoke machine and Spiritual sing songs. Karaoke. Wow. But, but it's... It, once it becomes about you and your preference, I don't think that you're really even concerned about the heart of God anymore. And that's I think it's a really interesting thing. It's to stay away from your personal preference. Even that's not bad. Having a preference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if I can make my own worship set, ooh, man, I would go in like easy. Right. But it can't it, it can't always be about me, especially in a corporate setting. I'm not saying preference is wrong, but if I can't worship, if it's not a not my thing, I don't think yeah, it's like about Jesus did. anymore. I think it's about you. Jeez, that's we're done. That, this no, is no, yeah, that's yeah. a big. No. <laughs> Thank you, but, but look, we we got we got we got to the heart of the matter real quick with that, right? But because I think what happens is, um, young adult culture. If we're not careful, it becomes very me focused. I think that's how the enemy. Um, that's funny that the word me is in the word enemy, but I think that that's how the enemy really distracts, right? Um, he'll either he'll he'll if he can get us focused on just us on what I want on what on what I need right and so like um, let's let, I would also say it this way worship is not just an emotional release right but it I, certainly can be yeah, well absolutely it's now balance all of it right yeah well, right. so look as we're hearing this and as we're as you guys are you guys are um, you know unpacking this with us like don't we're not drawing lines here. Right. right. We're, what we're doing is we're bringing understanding. Right. Yeah, if you listen to the last, especially the the episode with Pastor Charles, I think if we swing way too far left or right, I mean, he said it so much better than I could. There's a there's a real sweet spot in the radical yeah. middle. He said, don't be extreme. Exactly. Right. And so I think finding the balance in that that hopefully that's what you're hearing today. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's yeah. No, we're, it's, it's we're, we're not trying to be extreme here. Um, but I do think I do think it's also part of our job to disciple you guys and and to and to teach you well, right? I mean, that's the vision of our church to teach people how, right? And so um, we we want to teach you how to worship um, in every aspect of your life, not just on a Sunday morning when you know Waymaker is playing and 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 the band is playing Waymaker uh, or whatever the song is, you know, time. or whatever the song is when <laughs> when when um, 
when you feel it, right? Uh, but you said something really, really cool, Mark, that um, worship is about lifting Jesus, right? Um, and if I can, if I have a heart to lift Jesus and if I have a heart to glorify Jesus and have a heart to exalt Jesus, um, then worship is not just music. So, you know, just I think sometimes if you've been in church or if you haven't been in church, we use this, the word of worship. And I think sometimes we focus too much on the word, the word worship. Like, is there wor- enough worship in my life? Is there not enough worship in my life? But I think the actual word we should worry more about is the actual word worshiper, right? Because that, I, I think, I think we're, we're just talking about it when you make it about you, right? Um, the word worshiper, it, it's actually an identity you, you choose to live your life, right? So when we're talking about, because you and I were talking about this a few, a few hours ago, 24 hours ago. <laughs> um, I think it's just, I, I think some of us forget that worship is, is actually, like Mark said, it's not preference. So it's not just music like you were saying right now. It's way more than that. We were created as human beings to have a life that pleases God. And that could be the, the most insignificant choice you make in the morning. Whether, I mean, if you're married, you say hi to your wife. If you're, if you're single, you say hi to your mom in the morning. Whatever that might be. Like, I feel like, um, I feel like if we would take on that identity and if we chose to live our life that way, worship would take a new meaning, even in a corporate setting when there's actual music. It would just take a, a different kind of depth. There would be more depth to the way you uh, express your worship towards God. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just feel like that should be, because I think that's a thing in, in church, like worship, and I love worship, or I cannot wait for worship. Right, and, and it's right. Like worship, and, but I, I love the word worshiper, because that puts responsibility on me instead of putting responsibility on the environment I'm a part of, instead of putting responsibility on the worship leader that's on that platform. But it doesn't... Does that make sense? I, I take personal responsibility for um, the way my life is coming across to to God, right? Like, is it pleasing you? And I don't know. To me, that's just a great starting point. If anybody out there is, like, wondering, um, you know, do I know enough about worship or <laughs> is there enough worship in my life? I think that would be a good question to ask. Like, would you say you are a worshiper? And, and I mean, we can unpack a little bit what that would look like. No, I, I mean, I mean, the the... the the beauty of this is that we can actually talk about this for the next three weeks, four weeks yeah. on the podcast because it's so profound. I love that you took it there, bro. Um, because all things, all things point to, to the identity that I carry. Right. Um, as you were saying that right now, like, you know, am, rather than do I have worship? The question is, am I a worshiper? Um, I remember John f- chapter four, yeah. right. And Jesus has a moment with a, with a woman at the well, by the way, go read John chapter four, whenever you get a ch- actually read John four through like, ver- like, the end. I just go read the whole book of John. There you go. It's beautiful. Um, here, we'll just give you real quick, real quick uh, Bible study or just like a Bible survey. The book of John was written by someone who many theologians, PM, correct me if I'm wrong. Many theologians believe um, the, the guy who wrote it was one of Jesus's best friends. Um, he was the only guy at the cross with Jesus's mom. The rest of the crew was yeah. somewhere else trying to figure it out. Gone fishing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Gone fishing. Yeah. yeah hello. Um, <clears throat> and um, arguably one of his best friends, um, he, uh, he, he wrote very uh, self, self uh, servingly when he said the disciple who loved Jesus the most. Um, and, and he was the beloved. He called himself the most loved also anyway. Uh, but something really cool about John was that uh, many scholars would also believe that he was a teenager 
right? He was, he was in, in the prime culture demographic when he was walking and following and being discipled by Jesus. Um, and then when he was launched into ministry, he would have been a young adult, um, when he was launched into ministry and, um, it's just really, really, really interesting, right? And so go read the book of John when you get a chance. Back to John 4, though. There's an encounter between Jesus and a scandalous woman and someone who, you know, it would be a controversial to talk talk to. Um, but at the end of his encounter with her, uh, he speaks to her and he says, you know, woman, there is a time now and, and the, there will be a time and the, the time is coming and now is where the Lord is searching those who worship him, right? So he's not looking for worship. He's looking for worshipers because he's searching for those. Right. Right. That's his pursuit. God isn't pursuing our heavenly father isn't pursuing necessarily a a playlist or a sound or right. What's he pursuing? He's pursuing those. He's pursuing humans. He's pursuing human hearts. Right. And those that worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, we can talk about that probably on the next podcast because that's like level two. Right. Um, But I think I think that's a big deal. That's a that's a major question, man. Let's talk about that a little bit. Like, am I a worshiper? Right. So so that we're all on the same page, then uh, worship does not begin or end in a building on a specific day with um, a specific sound. Right. So then let's talk about what a worshiper is, right? And, and you know, I, I, maybe I'm, I'm thinking of somebody listening to this and could think like it could sound very condemning, like, right? Like, are you a worshiper? Right? <laughs> but more than anything, I, I just think if you put it in the light of, of like, like every single action, every single thing that you do every day, uh, it's more of an opportunity, right? Like, I, I feel like if you saw it that way, like, sometimes I think we only have the opportunity to worship God or for our life to be pleasing to God when good things are happening to us, Mm. right? Or when we're in a certain building or whatever. Mm. So more than like this kind of conversation making you feel bad that maybe you're not (laughs) worshiping outside four walls, maybe it it should encourage you that there's actually more opportunities. Maybe it's a liberating thing for you to think about. And the truth is that as you listen to this, you're going to discover that you're more, more of a worshiper than you thought. Right. There's right. more worship in your life than you thought. You know, there's there's so much more. Right. And so I can't wait. to um, I can't wait for you to have that moment, probably in the next like 11 to 15 minutes where you just have, have this aha moment where you're like, man, my life is really worshiping. Like I'm a real worshiper. Right. Um, but let me let's let's zo- let's zoom out a little bit and let's just define what worship is. Right. Let's just let's just let's just take the word and unpack it. PM, you have a really cool thought on on just what worship is, where we get the word from. It literally means to give something or someone worth. Mm. And so if you, the question just was, are you a worshiper? Well, you are. We're all showing worth, giving worth to something, Very someone. Good. You might be worshiping your current relationship, your current Ooh. job, there, your career choice, a talent that you have, and that could be where you're showing most of your worth. And that's where we have to look at it because we automatically think of it in the context of, we're at culture night and everyone's like crying and there's snot bubbles and it's like, whoa, this is, this is a crazy, <laughs> Just about wow, to say we're at worship and now we're worshiping. I haven't had, I haven't worshiped like this, but you're, we're worshiping mm. every day. And mm. here's the whole thing that I think Beautiful. that, that as you're listening, this would be something to really think about is worship is showing worth to something. So we're talking about worshiping God, showing him worth. Well, reality is, is God doesn't need you to give him worth. He already knows how much he's worth. It's a really interesting thing, though, because John 4, 23 says that he is seeking worshipers, not seeking a sound, not seeking 
a, a certain band, not seeking uh, a playlist. He's seeking worshipers, just as you know you were saying a second ago, Pastor Felipe, like that. He's seeking worshipers. He lives in a realm outside of uh, outside of need. He doesn't need anything. So if he doesn't need it, why would he create it? Because he desires it. Right. He doesn't need my worship. But he wants it. I, everything that, man, everything that I care most about in my life, everything, everything that matters most to me was given to me by God. And there's nothing that I could ever do to pay the bill. I, I could never say, hey, I'll, I'll get you back next week. I forgot my wallet. Uh, we get on this burrito. I got you on the next one. We yeah. good? I'll, what's your cash We're app? We're good. Yeah. What's your cash oh, app? Yvonne, you all have friends like that. Like, oh, shoot. I don't have my debit card. That's all good. I got cash app. Here you I go. Have a, I have a checking and a savings, and I don't. There's nothing I could do to repay him. Yet, worship, giving, showing him worth yeah. is one thing that I can do to give something back. Yeah. And that's me showing worth. Yeah. How much, not my, not how much he's worth to you who's listening, not how much he's worth to Pastor Charles or whoever else, but God, this is, this is how much you're worth to me. And I'm going to show you that by how I lift my hands, how I sing, how I fall to my knees, how I give my attention to you, but I'm also going to show you how much you're worth to me by the way I choose to worship you with my life. Yeah. I, you know, I, I love this, and hope, hopefully you get a chance to, to listen to this with, with some note-taking ability, right? Because there's a lot of really great nuggets and just takeaways that, that we've already dropped. But Mark, as you were talking, what, what I hear when we talk about worship then, and let's just maybe, maybe, maybe this becomes our working definition for worship, um, is, is we worship something when we act as if it has value in our life, Right? We worship something when our behavior says, I value this. So here we go. Let's recap what you just said, because you just you just dropped a whole sermon series on us right now, right? But like, let's just recap it just a little bit. We all worship. Whether you've never been in a church or your friend has never been in a church, right? An atheist, right? And we're not we're not you know picking any fights here, but we all worship. It's what you value right? What you value with your life, wherever, you, whatever you value, that's where you put all the things that are worth something to you, your time, your attention, your headspace, your energy, your efforts, your money. All of that is when, when, when I approach something with value and I give it my behavior and I allow it to influence me and I allow it to lead my life and I allow it to drive the direction of my life, I'm worshiping. That's a big, big point of view because now the big question becomes who or what are we worshiping? Right. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's not just, you know, let, okay, here we go. I'm just going to drop it and then let's see what happens, right? Um, a lot of times we'll sing lyrics of worship songs but absolutely not mean it with our behavior mm-hmm. and with our life. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, so if we're, if we're going to talk about being, being worshipers and if we're going to talk about having a life of worship and understanding worship, um, let's talk about what that looks like before we even get into 
uh, what we would call a worship service, right? Because that's what we have on Sundays, on, at, at culture nights, we have a gathering for, for worship. It's corporate worship, right? It's a beautiful thing. The Lord does incredible things there. Hebrews chapter 13 says, don't despise the gathering. Don't, don't neglect it because that's where you encourage each other and provoke each other to good works, right? You, you, you know, it's, it's powerful in the gathering, but really worship is, should be rooted and begins with, um, our personal day in, day out, right? Um, so let, let's talk a little bit about what that looks like, for, even just for us, right? What does that look like personally? Like, let's not let's not even like try to make it like a class. Let's just share from our experience, right? Like, for, for you guys, being a worshiper on a daily, right? Giving value to the Lord, giving value to Jesus, giving value to Holy Spirit, giving value to the Word. What's that rooted in? What does that look like on a practical basis for Pastor Mark and Pastor Felipe? Well, <laughs> most most likely it'll look like the things that I don't necessarily like want to do just because it feels good. You know, like mm. I feel like worship is responsibility. Like I, I'm a dad, right? I'm about to have three kids. And to me, like how can my life be pleasing to God if I can't take care of what he gave me, right? Um, and I, I think... I think this is when, like, sometimes everyone's like, oh, here we go, yawn, <laughs> next, <laughs> you know, let me see what else is on my podcast, but, where's the, where's the Joe Rogan podcast, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just, I really think, like, on a, on a every day, um, on an every day, I have an opportunity every single day to be, to take personal responsibility for what's under my care, right? what's been given to me. Like if we believe every single person in this room believes that everything we have has been given to us by God, therefore, how could you not take care of it? Right. Um, secondly, I think it's, um, I, I don't, I don't remember who said this to me one time, but I think, um, like when we think about prayer, like prayer, like we think of it as like another ritual kind of thing. Uh, but I like an invitation. I like the word invitation. So in my personal life, I've tried to live my life every single day aware of making sure that I invite, I invite God into my space. Uh, like before I'm going into anything, literally before the day, I say, God, I invite you into this space right now. Because uh, most likely as I go into my day, I'll forget. And I just want to like give you first attention in this moment. It could be little things, you know. Um, and I think that's why sometimes people can miss it because it's so insignificant. We think, and I wanted to touch on that when you said something there, because um, I I sometimes think we we undervalue. Okay. Hold on. I want to say this right. So I think sometimes we base the worth of our worship depending on the actual action. Does that make sense that we do? So like if Pastor Mark, um, I don't know, gives $10,000 to a homeless man, that's a life worth that's pleasing God. Right. But then in the morning, I instead of like instead of like stopping on my red light and instead of like skipping the red light, I I don't skip it. I obey the law. Right. I think. Sometimes we can fall into this place where our our worship we 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 see we, we try to give God I guess what counts as more as valuable than other things. But it's okay, all the so same. Let, let, let's let's talk about that. So we measure it. We measure it. We have and I think we measure we, we have human metrics. So let's just say, wow, that guy has way more worship than me. He's a better worshiper than me right, because he cries uh -huh. so much, or because he posts scriptures three times a day. Right. Or like, so let's just, we all know that guy. Right. Um, you know, and, but, but you just said beautiful example. As a matter of fact, Jesus has an example like this. Exactly. There's an example right, in, in the right. gospels, right. Where someone, someone looks and there's these guys who have 
this abundance, right? And in Jesus' name, Pastor Mark, you'll be able to give ten thousand dollars to homeless Come on, guys. Let Come it be on. Me. I just speak that I, I speak that into the wallet. Lord, whatever you're doing this season. <laughs> hey, Pastor Mark's like, here goes my cash app. Yeah. <laughs> Hit me up. Here goes my cash app, right? <laughs> um but but so we put these human metrics. And right. so like so Jesus said it one time. I don't know if you guys ever heard the story. I know you guys have, but like you guys listening, um, if you've heard the story where there's there's these super rich religious guys and this widow who's broke, right? And it's offering service in the temple. They go and they give their giant offering and make a big hoopla about it, right? There's a whole, all kinds of hype. And then this little old lady, this little old widow goes and gives what would be probably like 0 0.02 of a penny, one mite, the widow's mite. That's what it's, M-I-T-E, it was a form of currency. And so Jesus talks to his disciples, right? Like Jesus had, a, you know, the, the disciple podcast, right? And he says, that woman has given much more right. than those men because those men gave from their abundance or gave from, from pride and, and in human capacity, but she gave everything she had. She gave from within and she gave, she literally had a disposition where it's like, I'm giving you everything. <clears throat> Excuse me, I can give you everything. And so I think that's a beautiful element to carry into as we're crafting our understanding of worship, our life, our, our culture of worship, um, is that worship literally is everything. It's everything we do. It's everything we give. It's everything we say, or it could potentially be, right? Um, and so I think that's an important thing to say because, like, if we're not careful, we'll play comparison. And right, like, would you say sometimes you're trying to give God out of somebody else's, like, does that make sense? Like, I... Because what you're saying right now is that I can give everything to God from based on what I have. And I think sometimes we want to give God something that's not even in our possession. Yeah. Does that well, make sense? what happens is we, we try to give God what we think he wants based off of what we see other people give Ooh. and what right. other people do and other people's lives. Really. But what really got what God, what the Lord really wants is what he's asking you for. You know, that's really what the Lord wants. That's, that's good right there. I think which is what he's asking you for. All three of us are married, right? And when we're on a day or we're trying to catch the affection of our wife, right? Or we're on that kind of, hey, I think, I think this might be working out or whatever. <laughs> it's like my attention is here. 100%. 100%. It's like right 100%. there. It kind of works like that with our relationship with God, at least for me as I think about it, is that, that, that you are my goal. Yeah. And so when I walk into service, I don't care about, you know, how Pastor Felipe is leading, even though he's doing a brilliant job. Great. I'm worried about having my attention focused. If we could just get our focus right when it comes to worship, what could the Holy Spirit, what could God do in your heart if yeah. you could just give him your attention? Yeah, not, not like, not, not like, oh, I really like this song attention. Because we're already going to, the, the world and everything around us is always fighting for attention and worship and life in general. But if we could really come and say, you know what, tonight, at culture night, October, let's go. Or when I get in my car, I get in my closet, whatever it is. I, God, I'm going to give you five minutes of my undivided attention. I'm not going to care about what the people behind me think about my voice sounds like, how my hands are looking. I'm going to give it all to you. And I think that God could do something really cool in our hearts if we just came and said, "This is this is between us." I think you just I think you just nailed something really really cool. I love I love that we're giving a big perspective to attention. I think, I think that's a huge fight, right? Two words really just jumped at me. One, you really nailed. And then the second one, which I think is a next step uh, to our attention and affection, right? 
So my attention is caught, right? The Lord catches my attention in, in, in my posturing and in, in my worshiping, right? My attention is on the Lord. My attention is not on peripheral things, right? Um, I think that when we make it about me and the Lord, my love relationship with the Lord, my affection for the Lord, right? So when he catches my attention, he stirs my affections for him. Right. And so if that's in, in, in if that's in a corporate gathering where we're singing the songs of God, being captivated in our attention, being captivated by the God of that song and then us expressing our affection for him, it's worship. If it's I'm at work and I catch myself feeling some kind of way and I feel this snarky thing inside of me, but the Lord catches my attention in a moment of correction and then he stirs my affection for him and I say, you know what, I'm actually going to choose to express my affection for the Lord by expressing myself in a way that is godly, in a way that pleases him, in a way that honors him, that's worship. Right. If I'm if I'm walking out of a friend's house and the Lord capture, captures my attention with a little nudge that says, hey, you know what? Go back and pray for them. Right? Right, right. Well, then my affection is stirred to do things that my father is telling me to do. So he catches my attention. He stirs my affection for him. And I go and I pray for someone or I meet a need or I or I give encouragement. Right. Every single one of those moments is worship. Right. And it hap- it happens completely. I love that you said it, Mark, when he catches our attention, because something that the enemy will do on a consistent basis is try to steal your attention. We literally said that at the last culture night, that this is how he disfigures the image of God in us. He cannot destroy the image of God, but he can distract or disfigure the image of God in us. And he does that first things first by stealing your attention from God. Right. And if we're not careful, a lot of times comparison, uh, for some reason, it's just, that's just really resonating in me. That comparison will, will steal your worship. It will steal your attention for worship. You know, um, a lot of times what we'll do is we'll, we'll say, um, in, 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 okay, let me say it this way. Comparison is a really slick way that the, the enemy gets us to worship ourselves. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, that's what the enemy wants to do is bring about self-worship. That's how the enemy and Satan became Satan. It became with self-worship. Let's remember what happened in, in the heavenly host where there was this moment of pride where Satan's attention came off of the father, off of God's glory and his majesty. And he just immediately said, I could do that. Mm-hmm. I'll be like the most high. Yeah. Right. In that moment of self-adoration and self-elevation and self-worship, his attention comes off of God and he begins to what? Compare himself yeah. to God. In that moment, he loses the presence of God. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And so I think that what happens for, for, for a lot of us, if we're not careful, we'll create comparison and we don't even know it. Right. You'll, you'll compare yourself in a moment. Let's just talk about corporate worship. Let's say we're at Culture Night, October 16th, Friday night, 8 p.m. at the West Campus. You already heard it. Let's go. Right. Um, and it's going to be our very first worship night um, at Prime Culture ever. Right. And let's say you come in and you had a tough week. You made some decisions that you shouldn't have made. You had some behavior maybe that you're not proud of. You had something happen in your world that maybe is not the best, most optimal or most positive. Right. So you walk in and now you're saying, I can't do this because of. Right. So now what I'm doing is I'm putting my circumstances on the and my circumstances versus the at the Lord vying for my attention on the scale of comparison and I'm comparing what has happened to me what has happened through me or what has happened in me to what the Lord is trying to do for me 
right? And the comparison will tip will tip the scale versus saying, Lord, when I whether it's a corporate whether it's a corporate setting, right? On Friday night at West Campus, right? We're going back to the West Campus, right? But on Friday night, and it's like, you know what, Lord, I'm going to not allow what the comparison, my bad versus your good. Because if we're not careful, the enemy will literally cause us to compare ourselves to our father. Right, and you'll put that space of distraction between us. You're not good enough because he's too perfect. Well, if God's not asking you for your per- perfection, he's asking you for your attention. Right. I love that you said that, Mark, because that's where it starts. He wants that, like he's he's seeking. Like, where are you? That's what he did in the garden. We'll talk about that another day, right? But he's seeking someone who will give him attention. And you can give him attention. You might not be able to give him perfection or pure holiness or all the others, whatever, all, all, all the other stuff we think he wants. And all he's saying is, I want your attention. In that moment where, where I have your attention, I can, I can, through the virtue of being perfect and holy and beautiful and not just having love, but being love, I can stir this affection in you and you respond to me by giving me that affection. You, does that make sense? Yeah. I love you know? that because I think sometimes um, if you're like if you're a young adult, you could be um, like I don't know about you, but when I was younger, like I used to get very frustrated on myself because sometimes some days in the, in in a corporate setting would be incredible, and then some days where I, I would just feel like, did I did I even do anything today? Right? <laughs> and I just I love the fact that that we're really narrowing everything down to this word attention. Because wouldn't you say that's a good place to start every time? Absolutely. Like, that's a great place to start. Whether you're beginning your day or you're beginning uh, like Sunday morning at church, like I feel like there's so much pressure on performance, yeah. and especially now when we capture moments of worship. We see a lot of churches capturing moments, and it's just like we're obsessed with moments, and <laughs> and I think we put so much pressure on. If this doesn't look this way, wow. then it must not cost anything or might not, must not be worth, worth anything, right? And I think I love going back to simplicity and saying today, the first, like, if you're going to worship God today, if you're going to worship God tomorrow, if you're going to go to culture night, please go. That'd be incredible. But if, as soon as you get to the room, as, you, as, soon, as, as soon as you're about to start, I think it's a great place to just say, I'm going to start with, hey, God, you got my attention. I think that's just so practical. And I think that takes away sometimes the, just how complicated the subject of worship can be for some people. They can't figure out if they have it or if they don't have it. Am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? And it, I just love that concept. Like, can, you can just start by giving God your attention. Yeah. If, if it's between you and I, like if it's a conversation between you and I, I'll know what to do next. You know, I'll don't know how, I'll know how to approach next. Um, and I just love how practical that is because there might be somebody listening today where maybe, maybe this is their second time going to culture night and they're like, oh my gosh, a worship night? By myself, <laughs> everybody's gonna be looking at me. Right? How right. am I supposed? Am well, I supposed to lift I mean, my I mean, hands? But like exactly, because we don't give we don't give anyone right. like like starter packs for church, exactly. right? You just come in and we just assume you're gonna get it. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I, I I just I literally just put myself in the position of someone who's brand new to faith right, right. and brand new to corporate worship, right? And you come in a room and we're just like like. I, I'll, I'll speak for me. Like I'm pushing the room. Like let's go. Let's respond. But like, you know, in someone's first time, it's like, dude, I don't know. Dude, why are you being I so intense? I don't, <laughs> for right, real. Yeah. Why is that guy so? Why are you playing so many new songs? I would, I would sing it with dude. my new <laughs> You know. But it, I, I love the fact that we're giving it a very practical right. thing. Right. Love Mark, that. you like you that this is a home run. Like I, 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 I kind of wrote like the the worship roadmap, right? So it's like. Give God your attention and then express your affection. 
But I think in my own personal walk with God, I think that it's attention walks hand in hand with awareness. And I'm guilty of this, and probably none of you guys that are listening right now. <laughs> like, you guys are probably there, and I'm, I just wait for me. I'm catching up. But I've walked into youth camp after youth camp, youth service, young adult, main service, you name it. Like, we've been around church long enough to be to most of the services, you know? And I think what, I, what I've found is that we sometimes play this thing where it's like we show up and it's like, oh, man, could you feel the presence of God tonight? Like, you feel the anointing, the oil, I guess, the, the oil. The drip. We're dripping uh, or whatever. <laughs> the drip. You know, like, like, oh, my gosh. And there's, like, this wow. really mystic, like, wow. Right, right. What do we have to do to create moments like this and have these the worship sets just really? And that's awesome. I think it's really great. But then, like, like fast forward to the next event. You want to, like, ah, yeah. I don't know what happened to the worship team. I just didn't feel the presence. Mm. And right, you get like this, right. like really egotistical, mm. like prideful sense of where ah, I don't know the band. I Ozzy, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we're just joking, Ozzy, you're the man. Like, like ah, I don't know the sound, and we get like all this stuff. Now the presence wasn't there. Wow. I think attention comes with hand in hand with the constant awareness that God never shows up in a percentage. So like if he was if in in uh, August, wow, it was like ninety eight percent God, like whoa. And you show up in September, you're like forty three percent. Eh, it was okay. Wow. God never shows up in a percentage. He's all the way in all the time. He's faithful. He's willing. He's able. He's present. A very present. So it's not like kind of present, but he's like there. Every single service where we join together, two or more, right? So we got to get through this thing in our head that something's magical about certain nights. There's yeah. God is not yeah. magic. He is all the way in. He's all the way there. So I think it comes with attention, but also awareness. God's here. And so I'm going to fix my attention on this that. He's here. And whether I feel something or not, he is all the way in. My attention's focused on the presence of God. My awareness is that he's here. And now I'm going to pursue that awareness. God, you are here. I don't care how I feel. I don't care what's happening. That's why I think it's important that we have that worship night. Find someone that at least looks passionate and get next to him. And let's go give God our attention. Let's be aware of his presence and let's pursue him because God is here. He's not going to show up. He's been there. He's been there. He's been there. Like he's been there before we built the West Side building. Come on, man. Like, like we're not, we're not waiting on God. Like he's been, he's (laughs) been there. You know what I mean? It's like, Holy Spirit, we invite you in the room. Like, dude, like, like, let me just remind you, like he's omnipresent. Like he was there. He was, he was in that place before he even spoke it. Like, he was already in that place. And so as you're listening to that, too, like, when you're in a worship service, like, our worship leaders and our pastors, they do that to bring awareness. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's to bring awareness. Absolutely. Holy Spirit, we invite you. Oh, shoot, right? We're at... Wow, it's it's right. bringing awareness to the it's presence. Like he just showed of God. Up. Oh, he just showed up. Oh, Wait, oh, okay, he's here, running guys. Running late, you know third what I mean? song, like, right running, on time. He said, "Running late." My fault, guys. Yeah. <laughs> you know how you know how it is at UTEP. I mean, like, um, no, I love that though because you you absolutely just right now defined Proverbs three, right? Lean not to your own understanding. I've never seen Proverbs three as a as a worship message, right? Or like as a worship portion of scripture, but maybe just maybe a life of wisdom is a life of worship, right? Watch, here we go. Lean not to your own understanding, right? Don't let your own your own understanding, your own experiences, your own preferences, your own opinions, right? Um, grab your attention. Acknowledge him 
in all your ways, right? Give him your attention and your awareness. That's what acknowledgement is, right? Acknowledgement is like, like, okay, I know you're in the room, right? But when I acknowledge you, I say, hey, what's up? I'm aware yeah. I've interacted with you, Yeah. right? And yep. then it says, and he'll direct your path. Yeah. He'll tell you where to go. And a word that comes to mind to me is response, right? So like pursuit, I love the word pursuit. Uh, but at the same time, like God's, he's there, right? He, so he's accessible to you. So like rest to me, it's, a, a, would you say that like once, one, like for example, if you come and knock my door, right? You can come and knock my door. You can come and ring my doorbell. But at some point I'm going to have to respond to have an actual encounter with you. Right. And I think sometimes like we leave encounter, like, and I don't want to like, that's another churchy word, by the way. Oh, did you feel the encounter tonight? Right. But if you want an actual interaction, right, with somebody, there's got to be an actual, like, like responding action from you to them. And I think sometimes, like as worship leaders, you're probably here, like here, if you're a worship leader listening to this, you probably said this at some point, right? The, the, the presence of God de deserves a response, yeah. right? And that in any human interaction, no one's going to like you if you're that guy that never actually shows any, like, action in any encounter with somebody. Like, that's called ignoring. That's called ignoring, right? So I think there is a responsibility in when you when you're in a corporate gathering, like like Pastor Mark was saying, like when you're not feeling it, you know, it's it it, it it's a response. Like God showed up. It, I'm not. My, I might not be feeling it because of the way I whatever happened in my day today, but He's here. If I believe what I believe, He's here. Then I need to respond, right? Yeah, I need to respond. And I think that's that's just a, a lot of things. I, I, one thing that I don't see a lot of young people, um, I guess. Like just having a little, like saying, I'm just going to respond, you know, I'm just going to yeah. answer the phone call. Well, I think, I think the three of us should probably talk about this next week um, on what responses look like, on where responses come from, right? Because a lot of times we're, we're the biggest response I think um, people look for or people want is an emotional response in worship. Oof. Oh, worship yeah. was so good because I cried so much. Worship was so good because I felt it so much. Well, then coming back to, to Mark, Mark, to what you were saying, well, like, who are we worshiping? Your need for an emotional moment, your right. need for catharsis, or are we, are we worshiping the fact and the truth that we know God is God? Right. You know, what are we going to give more attention to? What are we going to express ourselves more about? Now, I'm not saying that the emotional response isn't awesome. And yeah. I'm not saying like God it's created, that sweet spot. God, that yeah, sweet spot. God created, God created that awesome, that God created these awesome emotions. So we, so we would enjoy that interaction and, and, and um, those moments. Right. But I don't want us to be held captive and I don't want us to have to need or, or measure Oh, man, I didn't feel it tonight. Like what you were saying, yeah. Pastor Mark, earlier. Like, man, I didn't feel it. No, like, I believe God is here, right? And so as as, uh, as we're landing the plane on on our first conversation on worship, because I think we need to have several conversations on this, right? Um, I think worship comes with with conviction, right? Like, like, I'm not waiting for God necessarily. Like, I'm not waiting for God to show up. I know he's here. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. Where can I go? Psalm 139. Where can I go to hide from your presence and your spirit? If I go to heaven, you're there. If I go to the bottom of the ocean, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, you're there, right? There's nowhere I can go that he's not there, right? But there are places, I can go places and, and act as if he's not there, right? That's my awareness, right? And so um, I, I like this. I like this for our just in, introduction to worship, right? And worship culture for prime a uh, couple, couple of things. Let's just recap it a little bit and then we'll close it. Um, number one, worship is behaving or, or 
acting as if something has value in your life, right? And so when you value it, when you worship, you give it attention and your awareness, right? And when it gets your attention, your awareness, you respond, you express, right? Those are big words, yeah, right? Um, and so what I love about this, you guys, is that we can worship all day, everywhere, all day, every day, right? When my attention and my awareness is God is here. Sometimes it really is like when you pull into like your job, right? Like, and you just, man, you used to love working at Starbucks. Now you hate it, right? Uh-huh. And you pull into Starbucks and it's 645 in the morning and you're about to start your shift. Here's how worship begins in your life. God, I know you're here. Right. God, Lord, Lord, I, I know it. you're here. Lord, I know you're here, right? You can worship in the middle of the chaos in your home right now. Lord, I know you're here. Lord, I know. I, I don't feel, I know, right? Like you're, you're, you, you just had a breakup or you just had a bad moment and like you're, you're driving and you just have tears going down I-10 right now, right? Lord, I know you're here. Lord, I know you're here, right? Something happens in that acknowledgement and in that awareness, right? And as, as, as your awareness of him really facilitates the interaction the response worship is responding to what he asks us to do in that moment right for some of you some of the greatest acts of worship you're going to do in the next couple of weeks is to forgive lord i know you're here even this relationship with my, with my dad who's been a jerk my whole life okay i know you okay you know i'm here i want you to forgive me you, you see what i'm saying that's worship that moment that moment when you express from your awareness what he's asking you what he's asking you to do that's worship right i love this thank you all so much for taking time whatever day whatever time you're listening pastor felipe thanks for joining us for the first time you love us you really love us and you're having me we just could not be uh this was a this was great we're going to come back next week yeah we're going to be talking about this more on worship and i encourage you guys to, to remember that Friday's Prime Day. Yeah. Hey, thanks for listening. We love you guys. Uh, Give us a review. Give us a little rating. Share it. Drop it on your IG story. Tag us at This Prime Culture. And put it in your calendar right now. October 16th, Friday night, 8 p.m. West Campus. Our first worship night for Prime Culture. It's going to be incredible. The Lord is in the building. He's already there right now. He's already there in October 16th. Oh my gosh. And he'll be here next Friday as well. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we love you. We thank God for it. We'll see you back here next week. And tell them, why don't you go ahead and be the culture? Be the culture.